there's something I want to share, say, and do in this world that matters. And everything I've ever been involved in was was a catalyst to that. Like I had I had to start focusing on ways I could channel this insights and my energy that felt most alive for me and also offer contribution and impact. Welcome to Open Heart Raw Story, the podcast. Spotlighting the raw, honest stories of everyday people leading extraordinary lives. Tune in weekly to hear special guests share and openly disclose their challenges and traumas, along with the pivotal shifts they made to transform their lives, step into their power, and inspire the lives of others. These are the stories that epitomize the hero's journey and stand as living proof that deep healing and transformations are possible. Hello, family. Welcome to Open Heart Raw Story, the podcast where we spotlight the raw and honest stories of everyday people leading extraordinary lives. On this episode, I am so excited to have someone who I truly admire and frankly get so energized (laughs) listening to all of his talks. And funny enough, I often quote his gems um, when I do drop them on previous episodes. So I'm just so excited to have him on. Um, Just for background, he is an international transformation specialist. He is a spiritual advisor activational speaker, empowerment coach, writer, entertainer. The list goes on with this person. It's just so exciting. Um, And you can actually see him um, with his acting chops playing Aaron on Tyler Perry's Sisters on BET. He is also the creator of the Light Beings Community, which is a unifying collective dedicated to oneness, exploration, and love. And he has also worked heavily with such amazing organizations such as Sacred Sons, which help men grow and awaken to their true power and modern own. Kevin is driven by a greater purpose to witness humanity evolve into completely more developed expressions of itself through love and divine wisdom. Just wow. So listeners, please give a warm welcome to Kevin Walton, a.k.a. Source Radiance. <laughs> wow. Love that intro. Thank you for that. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you for blessing us with your presence and your and your story. I'm just so honored. I again, I always say like in the beginning, since this is kind of like my little baby, um, I'm always so grateful when any person says yes to being on the podcast. Um, and I always feel that time is our number one non-renewable source of energy on this planet. So we can't, you know, recreate it or take it back. So whoever you give your time to is, is just really great. So I'm totally, totally honored that you are spending this time with me. Thank you for that. Very well expressed. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> So, so for the listeners, the way I became familiarized with Kevin and, and his work um, was this, you know, this little thing. You guys may have heard of it. It's called Instagram. Um, <laughs> just, just this little thing, you know, this little thing, whatever. Yeah, little something. Little something, something. And then last year, um, I joined a racial healing and reconciliation group 
And Kevin was actually one of the lead guests. And I was just so blown away with all of the information and the gems that he dropped. And I said to myself, like, after that call, I was like, one day we will have a conversation. We will meet. Like, I just put that into the universe. And and here we are. Um, So thank you again, Kevin, for being on the show. And I'm excited and honored that you chose to tell your full story on Open Heart Raw Story. Oh, the honor is mine. Thank you. So we're just going to actually just jump right in. I, I call this kind of section the cocoon, you know, this this area in your life where it's like your, your strong early beginnings. Um, so before we launch into your childhood, I would love for you to give the listeners some background on your parents and, and how they grew up, because I just think that is such a, um, a fascinating story on both of their ends. For sure. Uh, so my folks, uh, my Dad was born in Bowling Green, Kentucky, right? A black man who has, um, we also have uh, Native American Cherokee in our family on as grandparents on, I believe his mother's side. And my mom, um, who is white and her background is Greek, Swedish, and German Irish, uh, was born in Seattle, Washington. And they both are very, very independent humans and people. And uh, my dad growing up in Kentucky, he, he, he was very intelligent and he, he wanted to speak more articulate and uh, verbose in a way. And so him speaking more like that in, in a space where there's a different kind of twang in, in most of the culture in the area, they, you know, he kind of dealt with different criticisms of that. And, but he's a very sharp, you know, individual. And, and he has that mode of always kind of wanting to go against the grain and do what he feels uh, is necessary. And he had a pretty, pretty intense upbringing in certain instances. And uh, his dedication to life, his dedication to his family, I think sparked out of that, as well as, you know, some of those spaces where him feeling emotionally would be a little bit uh, intense uh, to feel. And, and one thing that always stands out to me is, is like the last um, memory he has his father, which says a lot about the time period we were in, uh, or the time period uh, at that time, and then what it meant for him to to actually grow and be his own man. Um, you know, his his father uh, used to do door to door sales in this neighborhood, and you know, one day my dad, who was four years old, wanted to go to work with him, and he uh, took him with him. And when they were walking down the sidewalk, you know, at that, that time, if you were black and you're walking the sidewalk and there were white people that walk on the sidewalk, you're supposed to step off into the gutter. And when you, um, he didn't, cause he didn't want his child to walk in the gutter and this kind of like, you know, anger and out, out, outrage ensued. And, uh, <clears throat> mob of white people kind of started to develop around my dad's, uh, father. And because people knew who they were, uh, my dad, said he remembers hearing one person say, um, you know, not in front of the boys. So they took my dad, put him in a car, drove him back home. And when he looked out the back of the window of the car, he just saw, you know, the mob of people around his father and he never saw his father again. Mm. And he, he grew into being a very strong, independent minded man who obviously had some of his own things to work through. Um, but he's been, he was very dedicated to our family and, um, and wanting to give us, you know, a, a, a better life. And, um, and be very supportive. And there were just things to work through in his upbringing and, and the, those emotional spaces that, that were there to be addressed that, um, 
you know, I think he's, he's reached a certain space of peace with now. And my mom, she, uh, you know, she grew up in, in kind of an abusive household and, and had to grow into her own woman. And she was always an independent thinker. And she always had this mode of, um, you know, they both were in the military. Uh, my mom retired earlier than my father did. And, uh, but there was, you know, like, uh, alcohol abuse and physical abuse in her household. And so she kind of, after going through that process and, and making her own way in life also was a very independent, hardworking person. And they both kind of came together and they met in the military. Uh, and the notion, like I mentioned about them not letting their circumstances be a reason why they don't succeed. Mm. And they, they have that spirit of like, we're going to, we're going to do what we're going to do. And we're going to do what we say we're going to do. And we're going to take, make our life something. Um, and no matter what we've been through in our past, that doesn't determine what our life could be and the, and the life we could create and the family we could have. And that was something that was very much, um, alive and present in them still is to this day. Uh, and, and even with us as a family unit, it, it feels like with what we've established as our family, like this is a new space of developing a lineage and history of our family that our parents established kind of breaking the patterns of their family dynamic. And then it's starting with us. And uh, it's something I'm always very grateful and commend them for with their strength, courage, and, and willingness to, to do that and to do it together. Mm. Yeah. That that's so like when you were just telling it, I, I just got really like very emotional, just kind of putting yourself back in that space and just thinking about, you know, what your grandfather, the decision that he had to make at that point and and also, you know, having that have an effect on on your father and then even your mom growing up in, in that household that was abuse. You know, I think oftentimes, um, you know, we're, we're surrounded by trauma. No one is exempt from experiencing trauma. Everyone experiences trauma on, on different levels. Um, but I really have to just commend both of your parents for, you know, really graduating to a higher level to break the cycle and to, you know, raise you and your brothers to be these just amazing people. You know, it's really, really hard and it takes hard work. And my, my good therapist friend always says that earth is the planet of work. We come here to work on ourselves. And, and a lot of that is to help our souls reach a higher state of consciousness. So, so kudos to you for, and your parents for just doing, doing what they needed to do to, to raise your family. And then of course, breaking that cycle, because that's integral to really creating a new path for you. Mm-hmm. 100%. Thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's talk about your childhood. Like, how was it growing up? How did Kevin come to be Kevin? Talk about the good, the bad, the in-between. What was it like growing up for you? Um, I think growing up was beautiful. There was there was a lot of different dynamics involved. I, uh, I, I don't ever refer to things as good or bad in context of experience because it's always about, you know, like aligned or misaligned limitation or expansion in the, the way I guide and teach and practice of creatorhood and unity consciousness. But I would say like, there were remarkable things about childhood. I, you know, I was born in New Mexico, was there for a couple of years, then grew up in Colorado. And so being outdoorsy as a kid was awesome. Just like parks, mountains, uh, hiking, camping experiences. As I reflect, uh, I really did enjoy them. And now that I'm an adult, I love camping. I'm sure there were probably moments as a kid, it was like fun. And there's also complaints without question as, as a kid, I'm sure I complained about a few things. Um, 
but I really, I really enjoyed out, outdoor stuff. I was an athlete and, and, um, with my folks, there was, you know, they were military and, and, uh, and then they retired, but there's that notion of like discipline and, and certain experiences in regards to that. And so, uh, ways that certain things were handled with punishment or discipline, I think weren't always the best. And I had to kind of deal with that. And my brother, my two older brothers, um, Michael, who's eight years older than me, and my other brother, Jeremy, who's two years older than me, you know, we all had our, our, our different experiences. Uh, Mike had left the house um, in his teenage years uh, with a few disputes that he would have with my father because they have their own history and experience together that, that had to be navigated. Um, and then my brother and I, we were pretty close, and then we'd have, but we were very much different people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, but we did a lot of stuff together, and then there was a point where we just didn't. And we just kind of started living our own lives in, in different spaces. And, um, but I always felt in our house supported, uh, even though certain things weren't always handled the best. And my parents, just there were certain awarenesses they weren't in at the time. Uh, I always felt supported. Like when, I, when we wanted to do sports or anything we wanted to get involved in, our parents would, would you know, do it. When I was on a swim team, my brother was on a swim team, we would, they you know, support us on that. When we got into football, my dad taught me a lot about football, the, you know, how everything works, the positions, the game, like he was always willing and dedicated and they, they never let moments go by without them telling us they loved us. And mm-hmm. they always were, uh, did their best to be for us in a lot of different ways, but they also worked really hard. So my dad was always an, you know, entrepreneur, starting businesses, getting involved in a lot of different things. My mom working, um, you know, nine to five. And so my brothers and I, we did a lot of, um, you know, just had time to ourselves and uh and to explore but i overall I, I really am grateful for my childhood and i i had there's moments where i grew up kind of angry and i used to get in fights and and i and i didn't always know where that anger came from but i used to reflect on it a lot in certain spaces um, but i aside from you know a few of those when i reflect back on it overall i'm very grateful for my childhood and everything that it offered me things that that i got to discover about myself and experiences I was blessed to have. Um, but also like my dad was very much involved in the community. So he would take my brother and I into neighborhoods and, and, um, and he would talk and mentor and he was a coach for a little bit in basketball and he would take, um, you know, underprivileged youth and, and mold them into being like, you know, empowered, confident men. And he would do it through sports and he would do it through talks. And he was always kind of like that. Um, what was his name? Like, I think I want to say Furious Styles. I think it was called the dad in, in Boys in the Hood. Oh, yes. Yes. Nope. yes, yes. Oh, my God. Him and he would always drop some knowledge on him. And my dad was like that for, for my friends and I and always would check in. But his check in was always like, you being a stand up, you know, guy, you'd be you, know, you having yourself responsibly. Like, what are you doing? How is this that he was always that kind of stern um, flow. And it's something I always appreciated. Um, but he also had this little, you know, he had this very solid, charming streak and uh humorous like he was just he was his timing sometimes where jokes were really funny overall yeah i'm very grateful for my childhood and we we had moments where things were a little tight and then we we grew into a middle-class family in 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 colorado it was a a beautiful experience growing up for sure nice and and i know that you you know with both of your parents being in the military and and moving from base to base i know that both of your brothers were born in um, different parts of the world Mm -hmm. um 
you know, did you, and you said that you felt supported, which is so wonderful and so important for parents to say that and to say, I love you. I support you. I embrace who you are um, and make space for that for the child. I think that's so impactful. Um, And with you moving from place to place and, you know, in the sense of your early childhood, you know, did you feel a sense of like security and stability as you were growing up? Um, just understanding that, you know, your dad was, had a military career, then kind of flowed into that entrepreneurial um, landscape. Uh, yeah, I, I, I did in, in a couple of different ways. Like I think, I think this, this landed from my oldest brother more so where a lot of things were uprooted because, you know, he was born in Taiwan and then brought over to the States. And um, my dad was still getting a lot of different things situated. My middle brother was born in England and, you know, then, and, and then come back to the States. And then for me, being born in New Mexico, moving to Colorado, being in Colorado Springs, then Aurora, then Denver, then a few different places in Denver, you know, we, we got a chance to experience and explore a lot of different areas, vibes, and setups. And I always felt my own sense of security and stability. Like I had, I definitely had my own insecurities and like wonderings of certain things would, would stay the same or maintain. Um, I never had too much of an issue acclimating to where we moved. And I think that that became a valuable asset for me as I got older. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think because my parents were so disciplined and dedicated that even when we were tight financially, um, they always just put in work and wanted to make sure they could provide whatever they could for us. And that always felt real to me. Like I never questioned that and I never felt scared in that arena mm-hmm. uh, and, and we didn't do a lot of like we weren't that big on holidays like we were big on vibes for the family um but we didn't do like decorate the house for holidays and uh you know like santa claus and all stuff it was like no my parents worked and they would give us some gifts and they would they would you know uh put wrap paper on them and show them and we'd wait until the christmas came and we'd get them but, and it was because it's always just this recognition of like earning your way this way the way they raised us you know that we we earned allowance and then at some point they were like it's time for you to to work and make your own money and know how to um you know work for yourself and i and i'm very grateful that they they did that for us and it um, became something instilled so i think the notion of the moves we made were pretty um once it all kind of landed i never felt uneasy i would say mm-hmm. um but because of their work ethic and their consistency even when we did move even when things were tight, um, I think represented a really strong sense of stability. Mm. Yeah. That's, I'm so happy you said that because I think, you know, getting to everything and we I've had past guests on the podcast who have often moved from place to place. And because it was such an unstable environment where the parent wasn't really stable mm-hmm. mentally, emotionally, they felt unstable, right? Yeah. Um, but I think what was so important, what you just said is like, you know, despite the location, our family unit was very stable. Like <laughs> you, you had a lot of things weaved in and threaded through your childhood where no matter what house you were in, what state you were in, the family unit was very stable and secure. So, so that's, again, like it's a key lesson for any parent that's listening out there. I'm not a parent, um, but I know for a fact, you know, having, have friends that have experienced that it's just, you know, a, a gem and a key thing to just building that foundation um, mm-hmm. in your family unit. 
Yeah, 100%. 100%. I think about that often with my son, um, you know, because I've moved in a few different locations and his mother and I aren't together. And he, uh, uh, but him, him knowing, for, for me, it's about him knowing that I'm here, that no matter what he's taken care of, that we're always going to rock and that we have that connection and, um, and keep that sense of presence there for him so that he feels that. And, mm-hmm. and on my end and also, you know, from his mother's end. So it's, uh, yeah, it's something I, I, I sit with and reflect on often. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I know that we were talking a couple of weeks ago during your pre-interview and um, I would love if you could sort of talk about the moment in your life where you felt as a young child, um, you just felt very unique and compared to others. And I think, you know, what I'm touching upon is when you had kind of these like, you know, these spirits and souls and you know your spirituality coming to you <laughs> as a young kid um you know can you kind of talk about that and give the listeners some insight into that yeah uh growing up i would have interesting experiences of of insights and you know images or voices and conversations or um ideas and and these experiences i just i didn't know what to make of as a kid because in the 80s nobody was talking about this around my area you know like no and there's no one to bounce this off of right and and so i didn't really share it with many people i just kind of like eh, and went on about my 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 life and i yet in like quiet moments you know or times i would spend to myself if i'm just out in the backyard in nature or sitting in my room whenever i'd spend a lot of time by myself which i would do often there was just this, I wouldn't have used this language then, but there was just like this, there was something more around me that I felt like I was a part of and it would come in flashes in different ways. Mm. Um, and it was just a really interesting experience. And I know I'm not alone in that. I, I know I know a few people have had journeys like that in life as well, but it was very intriguing to me considering that as I, as I got to the point where I was willing to actually consciously dive into whatever I was tapping into, it led to obviously part of now what I'm doing. Um, but it was really interesting growing up with with some of those things and some of the dreams I would have and things that would stand out to me uh, about like connection and and multi dimensional spaces, which I wouldn't have you know used that term at the time, uh, was really interesting in my childhood. And it would it would happen in these interesting spaces and flashes where you know there's other things I'd want to do uh, and would do, but there's just these moments of like oh, uh, and then I wouldn't sit with it or reflect on. It. I would just go okay whatever that was, and then just go, you know, let me go, go to the park and play some football with my friends. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and like, getting a spiritual download, but yeah, it's like, <laughs> I have football at five o'clock. So exactly, exactly. Exactly. So it was like, huh, that was odd, but I guess that's just a part of life. I don't know. Well, football, let's go. You know, yeah. and it was like, You're you know, like it's, it's just Wednesday. Days. It's just Wednesday. I get five, <laughs> exactly. five spirit exactly. guys coming to me and I have to go make my, my sandwich for exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like, God, are, we, are we finished? Are we finished? Because I'm hungry. I want to go make it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> really interesting. Really interesting growing up. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that. And, and I would share this with you because um, I think we have this shared aspect in our in our childhood where I, too, used to get these downloads and um, apparitions and things like that. And I'll, I'll share this openly is um, the year prior to my brother passing, because my brother passed when I was 11, he was 16, um, which I shared on the first episode of this podcast, mm-hmm. how he passed. And 
I remember like looking at my brother's palm. Like I don't know anything about palm reading, right? Like I'm just like, I'm just a, you know, 10 year old kid, just, you know, fucking around if you will. Right. right. <laughs> and I was reading his palm and he asked me, he was like, Jen, how, you know, am I going to live a long life? And I looked at him dead straight in the face and something came over me and literally said to him, like, Keith, you're not going to have a long life. I don't know when you're going to go, but it's not going to be long. Mm -hmm. And, and then flash forward a year later, he passed. And literally that was the day that I was so shook. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm terrified because I was like, there was something that came through me that day that literally was like, spirit was like, listen, your brother's not going to live that long. You can tell him, but once the occurrence of his passing happened, I immediately wanted to shut that down. I immediately wanted to stop the downloads from, from coming through because I was like, it's creating suffering and hardship and challenges for people. It's not good news I'm bringing, it's bad news I'm bringing. Like, what the hell? And I shut it down and suppressed it for so long to the point where now I'm like, you know, I'm 35, you know, five years ago, it was screaming to come out. It was like, Jen, tap in, tap in, tap in. It's safe now. You can do this. And, you know, and I'm so appreciative of it. But before, as a kid, I was frightened as all hell. I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah, sure. 100%. Yeah, so it was, you know, but again, it's like spirit is always talking to you. Sometimes it's a whisper and sometimes it kicks in the door. (laughs) And, you know, I like to I like to call them uploads because it's like, you know how we're we're connected to everything in life right and all the infinite wisdom existence lives in us and i feel like every time we have moments like that we're tapping into uh that multi-dimensional capacity of us and really almost like bringing to light that access that insight that lives within us and so i like the idea of it being an upload because it's like you're bringing it upward towards um from the inside out rather than the idea of it being something outside of you coming into you it's already there and as we grow we we continue to expand in the awareness where we live in the access effortlessly and when i've worked with like either kids or or other adults to get to get these experiences you had as a kid which no one was there to like guide you on it um as a way for them not to be afraid of what they're accessing even if it's information or news they'd rather not experience it actually becomes a thing that they don't they they can receive differently and then experience differently and i think it's a valuable approach to it so that just like where you wanted to shut it off it becomes something that you cultivate immediately and then won't have to work through limitations later. So exactly. I feel that. Yeah. Exactly. I love that upload. You know, I think that, you know, cause that's just the word up. It's like, you know, it's just something that's more uplifting and positive and mm-hmm. something that, you know, and I truly feel like, you know, your inner sage lives inside of you. Everything exactly. is inside of you. The wisdom yeah. is inside of you. Um, I'm reading this great book called the women that run with wolves. Um, And it's such a dope book, but, you know, she basically said, like, you know, from a woman's perspective, every piece of wisdom comes from your seeds, you know, comes from the foundation, your root. And when you tap into it, you could change the world Mm -hmm. just change and and changing yourself in the process. Like when you cut off your instinctual nature, that's when you have conflict. Exactly. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even just taking it from a racial perspective for a hot minute, like, you know, I work in corporate America, so I often code switch a lot of the times. But when I code switch, I leave 
my authentic self behind to adapt to whatever environment I'm in. And I don't really bring in that authenticity into it. So when I cut myself off from my own source and my own instincts, I immediately, when I leave that environment, I feel depleted. I feel less in myself. I feel like, like yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Because it's really, it's, it's such an important thing, you know, when you're, to be able to recognize how to be your authentic self in every setting is obviously the intention. That's how consciousness operates, right? It wants to be its fullest authentic expression, no matter what. And you describe what you describe it now is so important because it's a notion of the way a lot of humanity we play out a lot of you know limiting beliefs and, and patterns. And I remember, you know, one other thing in my childhood is, you know, being biracial, that was a huge issue still in the nineties in a lot of areas. And I mean, still is an issue to this day. People still struggle with that in certain places. And there was this notion about like how I wasn't supposed to exist because black and white people aren't supposed to be together. Mm -hmm. And and there was a huge judgment about that. And I think that also added to my anger and why I used to fight a lot and always thinking I had to prove myself. And um, and I always had this interesting space of like feeling like I identified more on the black side, not as much on the white and wondering if that meant that there was a disregard of myself toward my mom. But I love my mom immensely. And we, we always had beautiful in-depth conversations. Uh, and then as I got older, I started realizing how to embody more of myself completely, no matter what, and just be who I am. And it, it landed on me, you know, really clearly in spaces as I began to realize you don't have to subscribe to anything that's already been done. If you feel like something is off and it feels more authentic to do something else and it's genuine, authentic, not like an act of avoidance mm -hmm. the same thing, it's like, then you become the innovator or the spearhead for another way. And I always felt like my life, is 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 purposefully called toward and designed in that mentality of here's where we forge something different a new possibility that doesn't subscribe to anything limiting but but does it in a way that acknowledges how everything is involved not divisive and doing that within myself created all kinds of experiences where i felt more whole and more energized in areas that i used to also feel to play thinking I had to be a certain way to be there. Um, so I so understand that that journey for you and those experiences. Yeah, yeah. And I, I really, and it's really just about having this sense of integrity and really practicing in having integrity because integrity is just you aligning to your inner truth, right? You aligning to who you are is your own integrity. And I think, you know, oftentimes, you know, be it society, environment, you know, even family, right? <laughs> you know, um, we always try to kind of fit in and belong, but then you just have to just say to yourself, like, this is who I am. It's This is me unapologetically, authentically. I've done so much work to find out who I am to my core. I'm never going to go back to someone that I'm not. And you and whoever is not cool with that, that's okay. You love it from a distance. Um, but you know, you will always find your tribe. You will always find your tribe on the path and on the journey to you graduating to your full self. So mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm a firm believer in that. Mm -hmm. Oh man, we're just dropping gems and we're only happy. <laughs> oh my God. I knew this was going to happen. I knew it. I said to myself, I was like, Jen, stick to the script because you're going to go off on tangents with Kevin. And yeah, they're good <laughs> tangents. They're very good tangents. Indeed, so, indeed. Nonetheless. 
Um, so, you know, let's talk about outside of your family, the support system that you had, like your friends and, you know, the school that you, you know, went up um, and grew up in. Did you kind of feel like, I know you kind of touched upon being biracial, you know, did you kind of feel that you had a sense of being seen, embraced and felt? And, and how did that show up for you in your environment outside of your family? Uh, yeah, I, I, I would say I did. I in any group of friends I had, um, we were always very like cool and supportive of each other for the most part, even though we weren't always in the awareness of what support meant and whether we were enabling our bullshit or, or actually encouraging growth, which got clearer to me as I got older. Uh, but overall growing up, I did feel seen and, and, um, and felt like I had something to offer. And I felt like that was a lot of different people could see it and would um and for when when i experienced the way things that were in contradiction of that um it was always an interesting journey to take that on whether it's believing that i am less or have to accept less or if it's like no i'm going to do this no matter what and i feel like sports became a really important dynamic to that mm -hmm. because the thing about being an athlete and playing sports is it demands you having to face adversity like there's, there's times you're going to lose or things won't turn out the same way you want it. And there's times you will win. And how do you conduct yourself in both settings? And um, aside from a few individuals on my journey as an athlete, I had a lot of um, awesome coaches that were, um, for the most part, pretty solid humans for what I could see at the time. And I also still clashed a lot with authority because I, I didn't like the idea of having to automatically respect people because they were older than me or because they're adults. Cause I didn't agree with that. I saw a lot of adults do a lot of foul shit, growing mm -hmm. up, you know? And, and so whenever that would be the way people would approach me, I never really responded to that peacefully. Um, but I feel like the, with sports, it gave me a clear sense of direction. And even though it was more physical of like developing my body, to do this, you know, um, sport to explore what I'm capable of when things go awry, to actually learn from it and develop myself more to keep going. And that discovering that I had abilities and talents and skills in that, um, really supported a sense of self for me. Cause it was like, if things get tough, I'm going to find out whether I, I do have what it takes or if I am willing to, to do what's necessary or push myself beyond whatever feels comfortable okay. and that inside of myself kept me feeling uh very much so like stable and that i could handle anything and even though there's other times where i felt like things felt like a lot or i was overwhelmed there was always this reference point for me and then having friends who were also athletes or not athletes but still we thought about things like i don't think i've ever had friends groups to some degree, like there's people I knew that were acquaintances that would, it would be on the surface. But a lot of my friends, if we'd have conversations, we'd love to talk about deep shit. And I, you know, and, and exploring different kind of ideas about life. And, uh, and I feel like then there's other spaces where we just kind of wanted to party and bullshit, you know, and all of that. Uh, but overall, when it came to stability, for all the friends I had that were involved in the same things I was involved in, that was a solid space of that and we did support each other and we did care about each other and i think there's also something to be said about that like when when you're willing to go into those experiences with other people and uh whether it's men or women it does create a sense of camaraderie and a, and a sense of support 
And ideally that support would always be something that always has the best interest in mind, but that would also entail us being just more self-aware and more emotionally intelligent that we weren't fully there yet. But overall, I would say that definitely outside the family with sports and with certain friends and, uh, and it's kind of the way as I kept up certain appearances in school, uh, there were teachers that actually gave a shit. And I think that's, that was also very helpful for me. Mm. I, I love that. And I always say like, friends are, are the family that you choose, right? And, and I always feel like, you know, it's so important to have that support system. Because honestly, if your friends or any people that are in your circle do not want the best for you, and you don't want the best for them, and you don't support them and their dreams and things like that, then you might need to kind of like reassess who's in your circle, right? Because 100%. life is hard enough alone. Yeah. <laughs> You don't, you don't want to have within your circle people that want to bring you down or, or, or kind of like um, even enable you with a bad habit, right? Like you even have people that want to enable you or what's even worse is like they're so used to you being one way back in the day and they don't accept your evolution as a person. So they just resort back to who you were as, as yeah. years ago, right? And you're like, I've evolved. I've grown. You know, you have to, you have to kind yeah. of change. And what my therapist friend always says, it's like, when you change, it, it forces other people to change because they can't respond to you um, like they used to back in the day. You know, they, they have to shift with you and some people just don't want to change. So yeah. I'm glad that you had that, that sense of support um, within sure. your friends. Yeah. And I think for all the friends that didn't, they just what you described, you know, we just, we didn't last when I kept growing and some of them didn't want to. And, and their response to it was kind of the clear thing for me of like, cool. And that's probably why we're not going to hang out anymore. And there are, there's our group of friends that I had that enabled a lot of stuff that, and when I reflect in hindsight, I definitely would have made different choices, but part right. of it was those, making those choices that did that. Like when I, cause I started smoking and weed and drinking when I was 12 and doing that in a space with friends that we just all kind of vibe it just it was a thing but in that particular group that was just our vibe like they none of them in that particular group were a part of where i was playing sports and doing the other stuff and when when i went in that route i could feel certain changes in me happening then that i'm aware of now of what it was i wouldn't have been able to describe it or see it then um and those and that had a change and i noticed that as in my life as i kept growing more purposefully and wanted to do more personal things I hung out with them less and less and they became less present in my life, mm. you know, and that does, that makes a huge difference. It really does. It does. And I, and I think that's like the big thing that, you know, really, like I, I always try to say, and I always assess, you know, when my relationships have either come to a close, would that be a loving relationship or a friendship? I knew for a fact, like, you know, I am so appreciative of, the time in which I spent with this person, but I know for a fact, like this is where the road kind of ends, if you will. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So just thinking about, you know, you coming into your own and you're also getting all of these like uploads and, and just seeing things. And I know that your mom, if, if I recall, gave you this great book called Seth Speaks, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, which just basically cemented <laughs> A lot, of the, a lot of the things that you're like, I'm not alone in this world. Like someone yeah. understands me, which is, which is so impactful and empowering. So can you like recall the times or the times in your life where it became a wake up call to you to really start like changing the trajectory of your life? 
into the work that you're doing now? Like when you just started to really just dive in and, and really, you know, arrive at this person that you are today. Yeah, there were a few different instances along my life that kind of, you know, activated that and cemented it, you know, tapping that book, Seth Speaks, it was, was one of them that really sparked me on my conscious decision to dive into the insights. And then there was different moments in my life of, of uh, choices I had made or uh, experiences I had that were, if you don't make, start making adjustments, you know, your life's going to turn out in a really interesting place. And mm -hmm. I, um, and I thought about that for a lot of different things. Like there's, you know, when I, I stopped drinking in that, in that kind of, in that mode where I noticed that as I got older, when I would drink and the more I would drink, and if I drank even more so, I would become a different person. It was like all those things that I pushed away at times that I was being a people pleaser at times I wasn't owning up to certain things all would come flooding out when I was drunk. And that created a lot of interesting experiences for myself and my friends. And it was kind of, that was a wake up call to be like, yo, you got to make some serious changes. And um, being able to let that go was, was huge because the clarity that came from no longer drinking was, was invaluable. Mm. And um, spaces where, you know, getting into fights or being arrested. And, and I remember one, you know, once getting in a fight in, um, in college and, and being arrested and having to sit in jail was like, this isn't where we want to go. This isn't where we want to end up. And these, these right. spaces, it's just, it was an interesting journey for me, um, feeling this, like this revolutionary edge and not knowing where to place it yet. And then having these insights I was tapping into and then having the idea of who I thought I was and kind of going back and forth between that internal struggle. Um, that there was a, just a series of moments that all were kind of like that for me. And uh, that were both in the, in the expansive aligned direction and also like misaligned wake up calls, like make some changes, you know, and all of it kind of landed. Uh, so there's definitely more so than one moment that kept compounding uh, but definitely the, the thing that sparked it all for me was that book when i when i started reading that book it was like that awareness of knowing i'm not crazy and that whatever this is it's real um, really became a catalyst that led me to to where i am today and embodying and sharing the wisdom and insights in this way that's so wonderful and you know, I think everyone who's who's definitely because I feel like everyone has a spiritual path. It's just a choice on whether they want to go on it or not. Um, and when they become attuned and aware of it, then it's ultimately the choice to say, hey, you know, it's kind of like the matrix. Do you want the blue pill? Or do you want the red pill? You know, it's just like, yeah, you, you know, it's it ultimately becomes it comes down to a choice. And but I always feel that whoever is in this lifetime, I'm going to make some really big changes in the space of spirituality and help people to arrive, they do get hit with these big wake up calls. They do get hit with them. And it's just like, you can't avoid them. And again, it's ultimately a choice, right? Whether they want to answer the call or not, but the ones that really do, it's like, it, it completely changes their life. And then it changes the life of the people that are around them because they benefit from the wisdom and also your model of courage for other people. So, just as much as that book, Seth Speaks, really, you know, help you to feel seen and heard and validated about your experiences now that you're stepping in 
at this time more into yourself, accepting your spiritual path and getting these uploads and speaking about it, you were probably a model of courage for somebody else that was experiencing the same thing. So 100%. Yeah. It's such a beautiful, beautiful journey. Mm-hmm. So what, you know, I call this kind of area like your spiritual GPS. So you arrived at this point where, you know, you've had a lot of wake up calls. You, you really were like, I don't want to, you know, drink anymore. I don't, you know, I don't want to do any of this. I don't want to get into fights. I don't want this lifestyle. I'm going to fully commit to this new lifestyle. What steps did you kind of take to start to shift the paradigm in your life and direct it in a more purposeful way? Uh, it really, it became about like, there's something I want to share, say, and do in this world that matters. And everything I've ever been involved in was, was a catalyst to that. Like even when I did music more regularly, you know, when I rap and songwrite and put out mixtapes, it was all like with this wanting to get a message out there. And one thing that got clear to me was I, I like to stop taking things and doing things just to get by like yeah, if i can get this little work here get a little you know cash and do that and it's not really what i want to be doing or you know spending time hanging out when i could be sitting down writing different things i i just i noticed that there's just things i felt called to do and i wanted to do it and i wanted to do it on my own accord yeah. and um and so i started making those decisions of like i'm going to stop doing you know this personal and private security. I'm going to stop, you know, working these little event just get some cash. I really want to go all in. And, and with these insights, it was like anything that was shutting this off or taking away from it, I was done with. So I stopped drinking because I wasn't in command of myself and uh, it was no longer any, it was never any sort of benefit for my life, but it really was clear to me that it was becoming a hindrance. And um, I stopped smoking weed a couple of years prior to drinking because I noticed that when I would smoke for me, it would shut me off. This access that I naturally had, this this creativity would naturally flow through me. If I smoked, it would shut off. And I mm-hmm. that was my experience with it. So I um, let that go too. And then my creative essence just kept flowing through more. And then it became like purposely wanting to dive further into these insights, write them down, and, and then became one to do more music and um, then getting into acting. And uh, I remember making the decision to like, let it all go. And I didn't really have, I had no money saved. And I ended up, you know, living out of my car for two years where I was just all over the place like a gypsy and just living out of that and still pursuing what I wanted to do and feeling the freedom and liberation of I'm deciding for myself and I will make this work and build it up from here. And, um, and, it, and I did, it was like piece by piece, things were developing. I'd started to do my own shows and I met amazing humans along the way that were super supportive. Um, uh, and it was such a, a beautiful journey, but really what it came down to was you have to start, like I had, I had to start focusing on ways I could channel this insights in my energy that felt most alive for me and also offered contribution and impact. Mm. And, and if it was like, if it wasn't, if things weren't doing that or meeting that at some point, I'd have to kind of check them, correct them or move them. And as I would make those moves, that calling in me would get louder. The insights would come through bigger. You know, I had a few friends that we would we would explore these insights together. They would tap into stuff and we would bounce back and forth from each other and exploring these insights and sharing them and talking about them. And it was a really kind of awesome journey to go through that process too of having 
you know, people in my life that we could explore this and becoming more of a catalyst for it myself. So I think in that journey of the, the GPS kind of thing was having to look at choices I made that were in contradiction of what I was accessing and where I really wanted to go and cleaning those up to the best of my ability every step of the way, mm. you know, and then um, having my son became a beautiful moment of, of tapping into feelings inside of me that I didn't, didn't know were there to that degree. And um, then wanting to, to feel into that more and live that more and be, be something even more so uh, for him in the world. And there's a lot of different dynamics in that. Like I even remember um, when his mother and I ended and after I had this beautiful experience with a, with a young lady and um, for a few months that I chose to be celibate. And it was like, those two years, I ended up. I, I didn't have a an end date. I just wanted to do it because I felt like there was narratives around me and women. I wanted to integrate and heal and address, and um, and I wanted to know what it was like to establish connections and relationships with women without that in the way, and mm. in really pure, vulnerable, intimate ways. And it, it man, it was such a catalyst for such great insight about understanding masculine and feminine energy dynamics and the principles of it. And um, and that became a catalyst for a lot for me and, and doing that for almost two years was just so insightful and empowering. And there's so much I dedicated much of myself to. And so it was whatever I had to adjust to ensure that I was coming from the inside out, that it was more, I was doing things that were far more aligned and purposeful in myself and for the world. Um, I had to just keep cleaning that up over the years, you know, to meet that. Mm. Just the recognition that I was just living for something greater. So if I was going to, honor that I had to live up to that responsibility yeah yeah and that's and that's so beautiful because I think like in this point in your in your life at the at that point you were really stepping out on faith or maybe something even higher than that you were stepping out on like divine direction because you were being you know supported from a spiritual aspect you know and mm. and people know like sometimes we take these like odd jobs sometimes we do things that we don't want to do all because it's like all right I have to get a paycheck I have to live and so on and so forth but you making that decision like okay I'm gonna live out of my car for two years because I am gonna be completely obedient to this divine direction that my life is gonna take to the point where I'm gonna follow I, I'm gonna follow it because you know when you're out of alignment and it feels like shit. One hundred percent. You you feel like depleted. You feel like a fraud. It's imposter syndrome. It's like I am not this person. Yeah. But you can be. They always say like even the richest, most you know richest person in the world could be the most depressed person in the world. They could have yeah. everything around them look beautiful, but on the inside, it's like they're they have nothing. There's a huge void that they never really addressed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I just have to give you kudos for really like stepping out in, in taking that divine direction and just saying, okay, spirit, you got it. I'm, I'm going to follow suit. I'm going to be obedient because I know what it's like to be misaligned. I don't want to be there. So if I have to be in alignment, that means that I'll have to live two years out of my car. If I need to heal this piece up, you know, it's okay. I'll be celibate, all good in the hood. You know, it's, it's all of these choices that, that we make to just, again, arrive at who we're supposed to be in this lifetime and in this space. And, you know, kudos to you for making those choices. Cause I'm pretty sure at the time they weren't easy. So. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. 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 So it's a lot, it's a life. But when you step out, 
on faith and, and just kind of give it up and surrender. There's so many more riches that can come of it, you know? So mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. So with that, you know, I think, you know, anytime that we kind of step into, you know, new parts of ourselves that we haven't met, right. You know, I think we always kind of live in this space of like, Oh, I I'm so familiar with my habits and my patterns, you know, and when we step into new parts of ourselves, you know, we have maybe some questioning that starts to happen, right? We maybe have some doubts, right? About, you know, like, you know, and and that voice can get really low at first and then it can get super loud because it's really aligning to your fear, right? You can't do that. You're not good enough. You know, there's so many people that are doing that out, doing that now that are better than you, have more credibility, all this stuff, right? It's different different voices of fear. So as you're stepping into more of yourself at this time, Kevin, like, did you feel like you had some sense of uncertainty? Did you have any doubts about the direction of your life? And if you did, what really gave you the power and the inspiration to overcome your doubts and persevere? Yeah, I definitely had plenty of doubts along the way. And there was, there was a, a big portion where I was constantly battling between who I thought I was to be and this information that wasn't shutting off, that was clearly more prominent and more, more expansive in capability of myself. And, um, I remember at 24, you know, I had a vision of who I was going to step into in this life and who I was at 24. It was, it was such a struggle to even capacitate the notion of that. And it felt super heavy, um, uh, cause it felt like a burden. It felt so much pressure and weight. Because I didn't, it didn't make sense to me of, of where I was at the time that that was something that was even possible uh, in general, much less me be that. And I remember like, we feel like I was wearing that for years. And I have a very dear friend of mine that one time stayed the night at my place. And, and she was like, yo, I could feel that. Like I could feel the, the pressure of what, the pressure you feel about the responsibility you feel like you hold. And, and I thought about the notion of that. And then as I, as years passed, I was creating experiences that kept pulling me through like the version of me that that was to step into. And so by the time I got to 27, 28, I started realizing it's like, oh, it's not some burden I have to carry. It's genuinely who I am. And Mm -hmm. every year I keep stepping closer and closer into that version of me to live that. And that the recognition, which I now call in my life, the sacred opportunities of experience that all experience show up as a sacred opportunity. Cause when you actually stay with it and receive the insight, it's revealing the insight we're looking for with who we're asking ourselves to be and who we're called to be. And so for all the ways that I would doubt if I was capable of doing this or even charging for the work that I do. And then, and then, yeah, having those notions of like, I don't have any certifications. I didn't go to school for this, for this. It was, it was genuine organic evolution of myself. And because I understood certain things, it landed. And when I started to create a structure to it, it landed even more. And then it became something that when people applied, they felt the impact. And then it got to a point where it's just kind of undeniable. And it, and it, and then to be in a space where I don't have any of those credentials, except the proven results of my work and my life, um, working through all those doubts of, of just owning myself and the, and, and being a conduit for this information, uh, really landed, but there's, there was definitely spaces of that. And I think for me, what always saw me through all the doubts was the recognition of, of what it was all for that, that it's, 
I, I genuinely want to see the world evolve in a way that that we haven't seen yet. And I and I'm a part of contributing to that. And this is something I want to see live beyond us so that we don't have to keep playing out the same narratives in this world. And I think that greater calling of like, yo, tighten up, get your shit together, face your fears and let's go um, is a constant thing that keeps coming through every time I hit another threshold because the doubts, there's not so much anything wrong with doubts. It just shows you where your threshold is. Like wherever our fears are is the edge of our self-awareness. And when we're willing to, uh, to move through that, to keep contributing. And for me, it was always the question of what else am I capable of? How deep does this go? And the curiosity of that always kept me willing to move past the doubts and fears, even if it took a little longer than, than I would have liked in certain instances. Mm. That's, that's so powerful. And, you know, it reminds me of a, of a quote that you said, which I love so much is to be aware is to realize the stories we are telling to awaken is to realize who we are beyond them. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. I I just like mm, that. I'm just going to leave it right there. (laughs) (laughs) The listeners could just like take it, soak that piece in because it is so powerful. When I read that, I was like, yes, yes, absolutely. So this is kind of coming into like your, your new path, if you will. So, you know, when you became like this spiritual advisor, I know you touched upon this, you know, you want to see, you know, this greater evolution of, of us as human beings and, and everyone. I know that was definitely part of your main soul goals. And I always say soul goals because they're goals that were connected to your soul. So in addition to wanting to see, um, humanity evolve what other soul goals were part of you becoming this spiritual advisor and empowerment coach uh the biggest one was just to let people know that they weren't crazy you know i i when i when i started tapping into this stuff i was not shy about talking about it you know Mm -hmm. i was very vocal and and in a period where it was not as popular in certain settings, like in college, you know, I used to talk about it with a lot of my friends and they would just be like, that's Kevin. This is, it's Kevin's it's dub. He's, he's nuts. It's fine. Um, but then years later they, they would have their own experiences that they were like, damn, I kind of see what you're talking about then. And I, I just kind of shared, but then as I, as I was moving on this path and growing in it, other people started taking notice of just how my life was changing. So then they started asking questions and I just started giving them insights. And that's genuinely how it started evolving into being a spiritual advisor. I just, people would ask me questions and want my advice on stuff. And I would just give them insights from a practical human perspective or this in-depth understanding about existence and spirit. And, uh, and when one thing I kept hearing from a lot of people was I, I love talking to you about this. I have no one else I can talk to. My friends think I'm crazy. My family thinks I'm crazy. And I, and as I, I kept hearing that, I kept feeling this call to start a group and, and bring people together. And I just wanted them to know they weren't crazy. So that's what prompted me being, okay, so we're going to start doing this meeting once a, uh, once a month called the gathering of light beings. And, and, and we'll, we'll come together and we'll meditate. I'll drop insights. You can ask questions. We can explore concepts. And I, I remember the final stage of setting it up was like, I had a dream and these guides appeared in my dream. They're like, cool. So you're going to start the group, right? And I was like, yeah, but like, you know, I got to think about how this is going to go and blah, 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 blah. And they were like, yo, shut the fuck up and just do it. Like just literally just do it. And I, I, I immediately woke up out of the dream. It was like three something in the morning. And I just emailed everybody I knew in my email list was like, yo, I'm starting this group uh, the last Wednesday of every month. 
the very first one we did was January 25th, 2012. And, um, I, I, I said like, we're just what we're going to do. And it just became like people showed up and we explored and it began to become a weekly thing. And we started, it started becoming a community. We've all vibed together and go camping together and beach together. And more people were interested. They would talk about it. And we, then I started doing it and I was doing it all in, in Hollywood. And then I started doing some in Miami and, and it was something that just grew because I wanted to create a space for people to know that there are places you could be all that you are and not feel judged. You can be, you can explore more and not feel judged. And that was the main intention why I started. It was like in this container, bring whatever you got and we won't judge you for it. We'll also encourage you to step into more. And that's what prompted it. And then from that, people wanted more practical applications. And that's what led to me developing the practice was like, I had to, you know, I, I was just sharing insights and it came to me how important it was to have a structural practice mm-hmm. and so i started to then develop the practice with these insights and started with the this core group in the light beings and we called it the core and they were kind of the pilot run of how to set this up in a structural program and practice you know and uh and that that part is where it all started to solidify of like okay now the light beings is actually something with a foundation upon something and that and it led to being the Lightnings community and then developing as Lightnings ministry and now having a spiritual practice as creatorhood. It's like that, that was the spark of, I want to bring people together and create a network, a database of beings that can connect with each other wherever they're at. And that was the initial intention of like, and we could have a huge global database where you could fly anywhere and be like, who here is the light being that I could touch base with? And maybe my car's broken down. Is there a light being that does mechanic where, you know, it was like, I just saw a whole world operate where, we had a foundational way of being and we could show up and connect with each other in any different setting. And those were some of the things that started the, the process of it that from that led to doing more one-on-one work now becoming more, more speaking, being invited into other spiritual containers to share and talk and collaborate. Uh, and it kept evolving from there. But the initial thing that started this all was aside from just sharing, because my life was changing people wanted to know, it was just wanting people to know that they also weren't alone and they weren't crazy and you could bring whatever you got somewhere and not feel judged for anything you've said or done, but you'll own yourself and grow into more. Hmm. I love that. And, you know, similarly to you, you know, with this, with this podcast, you know, I, I it came to me as a vision and it was, it kind of was like a little bit of an aggressive voice. It was like, um, <laughs> hi, do something please <laughs> the name. Can you, can you like move please? And I was kind of like, and I'm so, you know, professionally, I'm very like type A. I was like, well, I have to pull together an outline for how this is going to look and how am I going to bring it? And what's the mission statement and like all this stuff. And, you know, even when, as I was launching it and editing things, I was kind of like, mm, you know, I feel like I should just need more structure with this. And a friend of mine said, you know, Jen, be very honest with yourself. Like, if you think that this is going to be part of your life's work, like leave room for growth and evolution. It will come over time. You will perfect more and more and more over time. Mm-hmm. But for right now, just put it out there. Let us, you know, and let your real spiritual guys guide you to how you're going to evolve this. Because from where you are right now to where it's going to go, it could look very different. But leave room for growth and evolution. You know, you don't have to have everything formalized right now. It, it will come. 
it will come. So it's like, okay, I got it. (laughs) Sometimes you get that, that voice. You're like, all right, I get it. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do it and see how people perceive it and, and kind of let this grow organically to where it needs to be. Um, And yeah. And I think also to your point about like community, community is, I mean, the pandemic alone, I think there was a greater call for community more than ever, especially, you know, the fact that we had to switch from going in person to, to virtual, you know, a lot of people had to, you know, really sit with themselves and it could be very lonely. And it was, you know, a lot of deep introspection. I mean, some people probably never had that time by themselves, like ever. Um, so, you know, the fact that you you're, have this like lawn sustaining community with the light beings and have this sort of resource for people to go to, to lean on, to get guidance. I'm, I'm sure that, you know, it was such valuable things that you were providing, not even, you know, before the pandemic, but definitely even during the pandemic, I'm sure it even got elevated yeah. <laughs> more, more so than, than, not, than ever, you know? 100%. Yeah. Oh yeah. So when you, when you kind of like set out on your path to, to do this work, did you feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm living out my purpose or were you kind of like craving more? You're like, this is just like the starting point of where we're, we're going to go. Yeah. It always felt like a starting point. Although I did feel very much feel like I was living out my purpose. You know, I had a friend that, that, um, asked me, uh, you know, maybe a couple years in just in, in, a, in, in the middle of conversation was like, yo, if you didn't have like, if money didn't matter and nothing else mattered and you were just doing whatever you wanted to do, what would you be doing with your life? And when she asked that, I, uh, it was the first moment I consciously realized I actually was living, doing what I wanted to do. I said, um, wow, if I, if money didn't matter, I would actually be doing exactly what I'm doing now, just in a greater capacity. And to have that realization was like, okay, we're definitely living in purpose. And it was clear because everything felt like that. Like even in the acting world and then doing this work, I just felt more expansive. I felt energized by it. I felt like it opened up more spaces in me. And I felt like it was just the tip of the iceberg, just the cusp of what we were, were really going into. And even now, I still feel like it's in early stages, you know, beginning stages is nowhere near where we're going to take it. So the moreness of it is still very much alive in me. We're moving that direction, but definitely living on purpose and in purpose for sure. Yeah, I I love that. And I think, you know, you just being involved in even the organizations that you work with, with Sacred Sons and, you know, really helping men to access, you know, parts of themselves that maybe they never seen before or to dive deeper into that. You know, I think the work that you're doing is just so helpful and expansive and you know really the sky is the limit for for what you're doing and i think you know for anyone when we accept that call to step into our purpose the sky is the limit <laughs> yeah on on where we're gonna go with that you know yeah no limits whatsoever exactly so you know i i also like just love this question in general you know thinking about all the lives that you've touched right like you started the light beings in 2012 um and you really set out to really do some beautiful work can you talk about the time where you knew that your work transcended the human experience and you really felt like you were carrying out your your spiritual assignment like is there any stories or um sort of anecdotes that you can talk about where you're like 
I, I really feel like this is transcending my human experience. Oh yeah, there were tons of those. Like I think, and I, in all, all honesty, I, I feel like when I reflect on it, using the term "the light beings" to start the for the group in that community was the recognition that this was something that was beyond that supports the human experience, but exists beyond it. And I've had, you know, like channeling experiences, conversations in multidimensional ways with different beings, um, contact with other other extraterrestrial experiences, uh, constant in-depth access to other variations of me and incarnations and consciousness. And the insights of this work and even like interdimensional things, things I was experiencing, um, interacting between dimensional planes, like so many different aspects of this work um, or just life in, in general in that multidimensional capacity, all I noticed similar patterns with all of it, depending on whatever dimension or degree there was something about the way that things operate as systems that I could understand how it works, how it applies and how to work with it. And it, and it all revealed to me the depth and the scope of what all this insight really means and is. And I remember having an experience of being like in source and feeling myself as source and what it meant to be aware of everything all the time and how things work and beyond time. And it was just such a, such a, it felt like home in, in a space of like, and this is the immensity of us. And, mm -hmm. and then every time when it comes to this work, it, it operates in that way that no matter what the experience has been, the story has been in whatever dimensional plane, the fundamental understanding of the systems and the structure of existence still applies. And it, it was such a, I don't want to say a vindication, but a very clear recognition of the depth and scope of what this is and where it could lead as a practice mm -hmm. and what it meant to live in that capacity in, in your everyday human existence. And I thought, felt that to be such a, a, a dope thing. And so we dance in those in, uh, in multidimensional spaces on a regular basis. Like it's, I play in those realms often because it's all included. Like we, when I talk about us being multidimensional beings, I'm very adamant about that. And, and to know that there's a, a whole additional part of the game that could be utilized and applied on a regular basis once you understand consciousness and that you can tap into other incarnations, restore divine order and, and establish peace and it ripple out into all these other aspects of you because that's how tapped in and, and, and connected to the allness we are. So there was a, a slew of experiences that were very clear indications of that, that this was that the human experience was one aspect of all of this and, and the aspect that we were playing out. So how do you live with these insights and access that still meets the understanding and parameters of human existence, but also moves it to a greater expression of itself? Like those are the things that I always dance with, but definitely uh, so many experiences that, that would reveal that on a regular basis. Mm. And, and I love when those experiences happen um, because it just like, it just further cements your work, mm -hmm. cements your purpose and the work that you're doing. Um, mm -hmm. And and oftentimes, you know, for me, I'm I'm trying to get a little bit more accepting of when people say even thank you, you've helped me. <laughs> like yes. I'm like, no, you've helped yourself. I just provide the space for you to go on that journey. You know, you did it. You know, I literally reflect it back. Um, yeah. And I'm trying to get into that space to accept the thank you and to bask in the thank you, especially when it comes to any type of 
spiritual work that I'm doing, whether it be with the yoga, whether it be with this podcast, whether, you know, it's me like holding space for people, um, you know, it, it's it, it, those moments. Like, I mean, there've been many times where I've recorded episodes um, on this podcast and I had to just weep afterwards because mm-hmm. I was just like, these people trusted me so much to provide a platform to share their stories and it doesn't almost feel right. You know, you're like, <laughs> little, little old me, you're like, what is happening? Um, you know, and, but those are like those moments that, you know, there are no words to even describe it. It's just that emotional outpour that really like cements it. And my, my heart gets really warm. I get really exuberant and excited knowing that, you know, I maybe help to facilitate someone arriving themselves more in one day 100 percent. yeah 100%. so so you're a father to your to your son um so can you just talk about you know how being a dad plays a huge role in the person that you've become and continue to become yeah so being a father reveals a lot it, it's it's dope because you, you you come to understand when you're living from a more aware space as a parent, you recognize that you're always parenting yourself, per- mm-hmm. person, period. And whatever our parents either weren't in the awareness uh, of how to do or spaces that just were left unmet or unchecked, that is the invitation for us to to feel that space in us to be that parent. And that's how we move the narrative forward. And so for me, being a, um, an actual father in this life um, opened up that space too of how do I guide another being in a way that honors their sovereignty, honors my role as a father, and I can also teach him this practice and work and what would that look like to live by this and raising mm-hmm. a child through it. And especially in, in relation to his mother where, who doesn't really do this. Like she doesn't rock with me on these paths. We don't, she is not interested in having many conversations around it and it's, uh, and has her own you know, religious beliefs. And it was a cool thing to explore and being a father of understanding you have responsibility and also understanding that it wasn't forced on me. Like we didn't plan on having our, our son. We even, um, you know, had broken up and then found out she was pregnant after the fact. And I was terrified of being a father. I didn't think that it was, it, I, I would be there uh, properly or that I was going to, with this purpose I felt I had. And so I wasn't initially like, that wasn't where I wanted to go with it. Like, I don't know. I don't want to do that. But the fact that, I understood the importance of her having it and, and what that meant. And I wasn't not going to be there for my son. So I, I, I was getting ready to move into a whole nother state and everything. So when, when I made that decision, it was a clear decision I was making, which is also an important thing to acknowledge that we're not obligated to do anything. No one, never. Um, but we make decisions and it's important for us to own the decisions we make. Yeah. And I, I, when, when my son was born, all the fears I had through the pregnancy, when he was born, all that shit went out the window. I was like, I'm here, we rocking, you and me, let's go, you know, and, and um, it, it created a different sense of responsibility. Um, I think that also carried over to me as a guide and, and, and transformation specialist and coach and spiritualist to understand that there's, um, there's ways to conduct yourself if you want to live the example you're guiding people to live. And I think being a father made me want to live the example even more so, um, so that it's authentic and real because I, I started noticing early on that children, they don't just, you know, the notion when they say children, watch what you do, not what you say. It's not even just that they pay attention to what's authentic and they pay attention to what's most honest. So if you tell them certain things, but you don't live it, or 
you show them certain things, but it's not authentic. Like you're just like placating them. They all, they pick up on all of that. Mm -hmm. And and so the importance of me being an authentic example of what this work could look like wasn't lost on me. And it's something I still constantly want to want to meet and measure up to, to this day, um, where there's always room to make it more sustainable. Being a father opened that up to me really widely. And, and it's such a beautiful, because kids are such instant self-reflection, like such instant self-reflection. The, I see all kinds of things in myself with my son and, and it, and a lot of things come to light. Like I noticed the difference between being present and thinking about other things with him, where there's times I feel frustrated with him, with things that he's doing. And there's times I'm not, but he's doing the same thing. So it's right. like, why am I frustrated here and not there? And I realized I'm frustrated when I'm not present with him because then I'm thinking about other things and I feel like he's in the way. But if I, mm-hmm. but if I'm present with him, I just, I'm present with him. And then if I say, cool, daddy's going to knock this thing out real quick. And then we're going to hang out some more. I was present with everything. And so there was never frustration. And it was like, and that was such a clear thing to me. And we, and, and he's always a reminder about presence and wonderment. And, you know, children are such tapped in that creativity. I wanted him to keep that spirit alive. I also wanted to guide him through these insights and develop emotional intelligence early on. So being a father offered so much in self-reflection and so much in responsibility and so much in, con- in contributing to something beyond you. Um, and though this is a, a, a specific person, all of that translated into the notion of like being a father of a community and, and wanting to, to nurture it in a, in a different way and, and see it grow. And so my, my son has been such a beautiful blessing in, in that for me. And even to work through things like my, my son's mother and I would know that if we didn't have a child, we probably wouldn't be interacting. We'd be functioning in two different spaces of, of life. And, right. uh, and so the fact that we have him, it it kind of demands us to meet each other in different spaces and, and what it looks like to find the resonance and to, to uncover the peace where we can operate and acknowledge each other and, and, and have a shared purpose, which is the, the thriving, healthy, living life of our son. And um, I think that was also a beautiful gift in and of itself, too, because we are very different in certain ways that we get to see where we meet each other. And... Uh, yeah, there's so much I could say about uh, being a father. I even developed a workshop called Parenting from Awareness to speak more on this, but it, it was such a invaluable and, and continues to be invaluable life experiences. Yeah, and just to have that bond. Like, he's such a daddy's boy, so we have such a solid relationship, too. It's really fun. I love that's, that's great. And, um, you know, I had a past guest on the show, um, Dr. Ryan, who was talking about, um, you know, how he met his wife and when he said like, yeah, I'm going to get married, but I'm not really sure if I want to have kids. And, mm-hmm. and his wife at the time was like, no, we're having kids. Like that's going to happen. Right. Um, and for him, you know, now he has three kids under the age of five, like craziness. Um, and he basically said like, that is like my greatest joy is to be a father. Cause at first he wasn't you know, he didn't really have like insight to set out to be a father in in the beginning of his life. And even when he was married and he said, you know, we may have one, we may have one child and see how it goes. Um, But, you know, he knew for a fact, and I love what he said about his wife. And he said, you know, I knew for a fact that her spiritual calling was to be a mother. 100%. Gotcha. Yeah. And he was like, if I ever robbed her of that, then that means that I am robbing her of her existence and her call in this world. Right. 
So he was like, okay, we're going to have one kid. And then after the first kid, he was something, he says something happened within him where it was just like, I am meant to be a father and a very conscious and present father. Yeah. he's and he's doing something similar to you where he is doing this like conscious parenting and how to be and how men could be better fathers and husbands. Yeah. Um, and he's doing that work, but I don't think he would ever arrived at that space if he didn't have children. And he's a very busy guy, but he literally says every single day, I make it my business to spend one hour each with my children every single day. And he's yeah. like, it's hard. It's hard, right? He's like, I own businesses. I'm a chiropractor. I, I do. I I'm, I have a consultancy business. I do a lot. He was like, but because he didn't have such an active father in his life, he knew the importance of being fully present for all of his children, one on one, every single day, even if that was just for sixty minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, that was like that warmed my heart. And I and I love it when men are really conscious fathers. Like I can, and I always say like, you could be a father, doesn't necessarily mean you have to be an active father, right? Active father is like, I'm in the kid's life. Mm-hmm. I'm helping to shape the person that he is and give him the path and the guidance to help him go on in his own journey. So I think it's just so important to have really active parents and be conscious and present in all of that. Um, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And kids don't bullshit you. I always feel like, you know, kids will start to learn the social constructs of life and how to operate. But when they're young, I mean, they, they're probably like the closest thing to spirituality when they're babies. Yeah. Like, they'll look at yeah. you like- Very clear, clear on their questions, clear on their statements. They like, I, I always love to use kids as an example about like being okay with how you feel regardless of feeling judged you know like they don't they don't give a shit like if you're feeding them certain things and they don't like the way it tastes they're like ugh, no they're not gonna be like sure i'll eat it even though everything about my body disagrees because i don't want you to judge me right they don't give a shit about any of that and it's such it's such a cool thing witnessing the spirit of children um though it's still it still demands guidance in certain ways because they're still getting adjusted to this per- parameter and dimension but the free flowing essence of themselves is really beautiful to watch. And it's so, so important to nurture as a parent. But in order for it to be nurtured as a parent, you have to remember that your children don't belong to you. They're still their own people. And that mm-hmm. your, your job is to guide them into being them, not guide them into or forcing them to be how you want them to be, which has been a huge mode of parenting for centuries. So yes. the, the awareness of that is so vital and important. I feel like this wave of parenting um has been setting that catalyst up for that that additional piece to the evolution of humanity that's so important so i'd love to hear that what you mentioned with the previous guest and and uh um and then my own experiences with my son as well it's just so it's so powerful so powerful yeah. i mean i hope to reach that moment one day when i have my, my yeah. own kids but you know i'm I'm pretty sure like you know i i'm i'm making it my my preamble if you will mm. to really be a very conscious present parent because I know like you know when my my father wasn't very present he was and when he was it wasn't in the most constructive loving way it was a very much like you're gonna carry out what I say and what you should be doing because that's the that is the formula for success but I'm like you know what dad I'm not gonna take that path and we had a lot of conflict um Mm -hmm. as I was growing up but you know being giving the child space you give them guardrails right like okay 
here's some guardrails. Here's your path, but here's some guardrails along the way, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So I love this part of the podcast, which is called Quick to the Heart. They're very quick fire round questions. Usually the answers are no more than a word or a sentence. So Kevin, Source Radiance, are you ready? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm with it. All right. So question number one, what is your favorite quote? Oh, a smooth sea never made a skilled sailor. Mm. I love that quote. Mm. I love that quote. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. What is your biggest source of inspiration? Possibility. Yeah. Expansion, possibility. What the possibility of what could be is ugh. Yeah. That moves me. And watching that unfold, that is huge for me. Mm. Best advice you've ever received or the best lesson you've ever learned? Uh, oof. I would say two things. One, well, it'll all go into one thing. Really, it's when you, when you know or when you're clear or when you feel it, act on it. Hmm. That has been the clearest le lesson and insight for me in so many ways, uh, period. Yeah. Love that. What advice would you give to someone who feels that they have fallen short in life and cannot see their true light? Uh, shit isn't over. <laughs> like, get your ass up. Let's go. <laughs> like, there's no, such thing, there's no such thing as failure. Like, there's, there's, this is where you currently are and there's somewhere else to continue to go. It ain't the end all be all. So it's not over. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah, same. far from finished. Yeah, I would I would give the same advice. Like your best days are still ahead of you. One, like, uh, period. I think I know the answer to this question, but I but I'll ask it. What are you most proud of? <laughs> what am I most proud of? Um, honestly, where I've arrived with the people around me that I've arrived with, and and the people that are a part of where I am now that are very clear indications of where we're going. I think I'm just proud of that. This, this year in my life, like everything about it, everything that's included in that is I sit in, in humility and gratitude of where, where, where I am with everyone involved, including my son and my family and, and where we're about to go and, and the willingness to go there. That's I'm proud for all that whole cornucopia. Mm. Love that. And last question, what are you most looking forward to with your work and your personal life? Uh, personal life, I'm looking forward to owning land. Land and building up um, community compound, like just life and, 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 a, and, and land that's all my own. Um, and then seeing all of my people thrive with it. Mm. Um, and then professionally with work, uh, I'm looking forward to just the next iterations, the entire program being lived, um, having additional facilitators of it out there in the world, acting in bigger projects. You know, I have a production company, us, us working on massive projects and really seeing, for me, I'm, I'm excited and looking forward to watching the next like three levels and stages of where everything is going to go. Um, 
in every area of my life uh, has me super jazzed and I'm genuinely watching it unfold right now and piece together and the insights necessary to form that. So I want to see all this stuff up and running full out um, onward. <laughs> just, just onward. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Continue to get those uploads. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start saying that now. I'm like, I used to call it, I got downloads. I'm like, no, I got some uploads here. Yes. Like, yes, exactly. I'm, Upload. I'm totally changing that, that, that language in my, in my, in my head now. Cause I was just like, oh, I mean, you've dropped so many gems um, on this episode and dropped so many gems on, on previous things that I've happened to have the privilege of listening on that. I'm just like, oh, this is so good. So now guys, listeners, it's uploads, not downloads. <laughs> okay. Change it, reframe it. It is uploads. You are seen and heard. If you get the guidance from your spirits to say, do this, go this way, cut this job, cut this person off, listen, and your life will be so much more fulfilling. Mm -hmm. so, I'm all about that. So Kevin, please give our listeners the website and the social media of where to follow you, um, with the where the light beings are, where can we find them, um, and just everything that you're doing. Where could our listeners um, follow you on your website and social media? Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, so the website for light beings is lightbeingsministry.org. Currently under construction, we're we're updating that and evolving it. Uh, but you can follow me on social media uh, in, on Instagram at Source Radiance, Source Radiance. Uh, the Light Beings, at The Light Beings, also on Instagram. We have a Mighty Network group, The Light Beings community, that you're more than welcome to join us there as we build up our online kind of platform to bring our community together virtually. Uh, and then I'm on YouTube, which I'm, I'm putting together more content to post, uh, Source Radiance, right, also on YouTube. And those would be the main areas to get with me. Uh, my personal website is sourceradiance.com or unlimitedcreativepotential.com of which I'm also currently updating now because uh, a lot of things have changed and evolved and I'm catching up with myself to meet it. But any one of those platforms, you can reach out, follow, um, check out content. And uh, if you got questions, throw them my way. And also the insights on how to take uh, the Creatorhood Initiate Training course or any other events we have will also be posted on those various you know platforms. So please come, come rock with us and be honored to have you. Yes. And I would highly, highly, highly promote that and support that. Again, I just feel like any person that is going to sign up to be part of your light beings community is, is going to get just so much out of it, so much growth, so much evolution, so much assistance, so much guidance. So guys, go there, follow. It will truly, truly change your life for the better. Thank so. you for that. And thank you so much, Kevin, for, for I'm going to use your line, for rocking with me. Like... <laughs> for rocking with you today on this episode and and thank you for giving um just me the opportunity to to spend time with you to talk with you and to just really give me the trust to be able to share your story um on this podcast open heart raw story i'm i'm incredibly grateful for for all the time and the information and what you have shared on today's episode it's an absolute honor and uh thank you for your your care, consideration, and holding of the sacredness of it in your container. I think it's a very beautiful thing, what you're doing, and your your reverence for it um, is noticed. So I really appreciate that. Thank you for having me on. It's an honor. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. That means that means a lot to me. I, I will accept the compliment. I'm learning. Yes. Yes. Receive. Receive. <laughs> received. Received. Universe received. I got it. I got it. <laughs> awesome. Well, and thank you listeners for tuning in to this episode of Open Heart Raw Story. I hope you were inspired and felt moved by the story you heard today. If you enjoyed this episode and want to listen to more, please subscribe to the podcast and follow Open Heart Raw Story on Instagram and Twitter. Until then, loves, take care of yourselves and lead your lives with an open mind, but most importantly, with an open heart. Take care. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this guided meditation for this episode on Open Heart Raw Story. On this episode featuring Kevin Walton, we spoke a lot about guidance and spiritual uploads he received on his journey to arrive at the person he is today. And the recurring theme that popped up for me many times during our interview was that we all get that call to evolve and grow. And we're going to concentrate on that theme for this guided meditation. So sit up nice and tall and close the eyes. Maybe you want to bring one hand to your heart, the opposite hand to your belly. And just take some nice, gentle, and easy deep breaths into the nose. nourishing breaths in and out. And as you breathe in and out of the nose, maybe you start to think about how your life is always calling you to evolve and step into more parts of yourself that you have yet to meet. As you're taking some deep breaths in through the nose and out, maybe you start to think about that your life is always speaking to you. Spirit is always speaking to you and guiding you on a path to the person that you are always meant to be. As you're taking some deep breaths into the nose and out, maybe you start to think about that when we answer the call to evolve, we say to the universe that we are ready to expand and rise up to our own divinity. I always say that our work on this planet is to find out who we are and proudly profess that to the world. Most importantly, meet ourselves over and over again in every breath we take. Let's take a nice deep breath into the nose and a deep breath out. 
you start to bring some small movements back into the space, back into the body, wiggling the fingers and the toes. And when you're ready, gently open the eyes. I thank you all for joining me for this guided meditation. Hope that you guys all have a wonderful and glorious day, and I look forward to having you listen to the next episode of Open Heart Raw Story. Take care.